meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elim Church building at LeBanks St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us, find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. we just pray for our children and our young people Lord we thank you for them thank you for the gifts that they are to us as a church and we pray God that this morning you would you would bless them you would be with them um, Lord that they would learn new things about you and uh, Lord that their hearts uh, would just grow and that they would fall in love with you Jesus Lord we pray for um, Richard, we pray for Megan, we uh, pray for Lisa, Marilyn, all the different helpers that are out there. Lord as they give out and um, Lord I just pray that you would give into their lives too and just bless them Lord. We thank you for them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well it is the most anticipated moment of the year. It's a sense of excitement, a sense of expectancy fills the air. People talk about it in the workplace. Children talk about it in school, in the corridors, at break time. Families discuss it over the dinner table. And yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? It is, of course, the much-loved and much-loathed John Lewis Christmas advert. (laughs) Each year, John Lewis release an advert, don't they? They release this great advert with this brilliant strap line. And it's always a different theme with a slightly different message. Last year we had Moz the Monster. Do you remember Moz the Monster hiding under the bed? Yeah, Yeah, good. Moz the Monster. And uh, he was trying to uh, encourage us to shop at John Lewis for gifts that brighten the world. In 2016, Buster took to the trampoline and we were sold the idea that John Lewis had gifts that everyone will love, even your dog. In 2015, we were asked to show someone they were loved this Christmas, even that man on the moon. How many cried at that advert? I've got to say I shed a tear at that one. Penguins led the way in 2014. The bear and the hare, remember them? They wanted us to give someone a Christmas they'll never forget. And I'm sure, and if you weren't, then I want to know why, I'm sure we were all moved to tears when the snowman went on that long journey of fear and trepidation just to get the gloves, the hat and the scarf set for his snow woman. Wasn't that lovely? Do you remember it? Look it up when you get home. You'll be in tears. But this year, this year, it's Elton. It's Elton John. Now, I must admit, I haven't cried at that particular advert, but I am a bit of a fan. And I'm sure in this room we're divided on opinion of whether we like the Elton Elton John one or we loathe it. I like it because, well, I am an Elton John fan. I do like a little bit of Elton John. That's why the glasses are on the table today, you can see, in Elton John style. Um, But I also think the strap line is really clever. Some gifts are more than just a gift. Some gifts are more than just a gift. Receiving a gift that you've always wanted is brilliant, isn't it? That gift that you've always, always wanted. When you get it, it's so exciting. I remember when I was a child, there was something I really, really wanted, and I was told I wasn't allowed it. 
Okay? It was a dressing gown, quite simply. Okay? I wasn't fussy as a child. I didn't demand much, but there was this dressing gown. And I really, really wanted this dressing gown. And it had on the back three stars, and it said champion. And it was a pretend boxer dressing gown. So it looked like one of those boxers' robes. And I just had my heart set on it. And I remember my mum saying to me, no, you're not getting it because it's in the boys' range and you're not a boy. Oh, I was, that was, oh, yeah, exactly. I was so upset that I wasn't going to get a dress gown. But I had no expectation of getting it. Although I really wanted it, I just thought it it wasn't going to happen. And then, of course, on Christmas morning, when I opened up my presents, there was the dressing gown that I wanted. Of course, my mum was just, you know, having me on. And there was that dressing gown, and I put it on, and I don't think I took it off all the festive season, um, pretending I was a boxer, because I had some boxing gloves as well, um, like you do. <laughs> so, and uh, I just loved it. I loved that dressing gown. I wore it all the time. And it's so nice, isn't it, when you get a gift that, you've really want, that you really like, that you really wanted, that, that something that was on your list. But every now and again, we do get something that perhaps we didn't quite expect or we didn't quite like. And it's given out of love, but it's not really us, yeah? I remember my friend, and this is a true story. One year she said to her husband, um, what do you want for Christmas? And uh, he said, I want a jigsaw. And she thought at the time, well, that's a little bit odd, but okay, I'll go with it, okay? Go on my jigsaw. And then on, on Christmas morning, there was great disappointment and great hilarity. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? As he ripped open his 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. And, of course, what he wanted was the jigsaw power tool. Yeah, that made much more sense to her when she realised. But um, she actually did get him the puzzle, but never mind. And sometimes we get, a, we get a present, we get a gift that really isn't us, isn't really what we particularly wanted, but anyway, we end up with it. And uh, we're going to watch a little clip now of somebody that got a gift that they perhaps weren't expecting and they didn't really want. And Christmas wouldn't be Christmas, would it, without an episode of Mr. Bean. So we're going to watch a little clip now um, of Mr. Bean at Christmas. Thanks, Tim. That would be great. Thank you. Merry Christmas. 
Crooked. Thought. there that they were very happy with. Teddy was happy with his eyes. Mr. Bean was happy with the ship, but of course his girlfriend wasn't too happy with the cardboard um, picture of the lovely happy couple. Some people never satisfied, eh? But, you know, I don't think any of us would have appreciated that one. My 11-year-old niece made me laugh this year um, on her Christmas list, because they make these Christmas lists, don't they? On her Christmas list, she's written down she wants a pair of cargo trousers, and, um, which is fine. But next to that, she's put in brackets with receipts. I mean, like, you know, she's, she's a girl that's got it sus, doesn't she? That, you know, I'll have, to, I'll have the receipts as well, just in case it's the wrong one. Auntie Nick, yeah, okay. John Lewis wants us to know this year that some gifts are more than just a gift. And I guess for many of us that can be true for some people. Maybe you've been given a gift that was far more than just a gift. When I think back, I'm not really sure that I've had a gift that was more than just a gift myself. I remember the year that I got given a recorder. Have any of you ever been given a recorder? Well, I got given a recorder. And uh, I'm not going to elaborate on the, uh, on the music concert that I mimed the whole way through, but I did when I was a child. So the recorder was one year, and then uh, the following year, I got the electric keyboard, okay, and uh, that, that was okay. The following year, I got the guitar, and then I got a drum kit, okay. 
And suffice it to say, I can just about play Postman Pat on the guitar. Okay, so after all those musical instruments, I don't think those gifts were really any more um, than just a gift for me. I think perhaps somewhere along the line, my parents might have wanted me to be a musical genius, but I, I let them down on that one. Never mind, never mind. But when I think about my life, on closer inspection, perhaps there was something that I got as a gift that was a little more than just a gift. Because when I was about the age of 10, I got given a Bible. I got given a living Bible, a children's one with pictures in that you can have a look at. And, um, well, look where I am today. So I suppose in a way, that could be a gift that was more than just a gift. And of course, in that book is the greatest story ever told, is the reason why we're gathered like this today to celebrate this wonderful time of year, Christmas time. It was a gift given to the world. It was a gift of a baby. It was a gift that would usher in hope, that would usher in light, that would usher in peace for us all. A gift that was for everybody. A gift that actually was more than just a gift. John Lewis each year have to change their advert. They have to change the strap line. They have to do something a little bit different just to keep us engaged. They have to change things. They have to be creative. But this gift that was given 2,000 years ago, this gift of a baby, that message doesn't change. It doesn't need to change. And it doesn't need altering. And it doesn't need a new strap line. It's quite simply the gift of love, isn't it? A gift given to us all. Love came down at Christmas. It was wrapped in swaddling cloths and it was placed in a manger. And it was a gift given into the most humblest of surroundings. A gift given to two very ordinary people. A gift that had shepherds and wise men come to see it. Why? To show us that actually this gift was for everybody. This gift was for anyone, whoever they were, whether they were rich, whether they were poor, whatever. This gift was for everybody. And I think, you know, if we as a human family on earth, if we could just live out that love that this gift spoke about, that Jesus spoke about, the love that treats others as we want to be treated, the love that turns nobody away, the love that doesn't condemn, the love that forgives and gives, then maybe, just maybe, we as a human family could flourish in the way we were supposed to. And I really want us to stop And just pause for a moment today to think about this gift and the enormity of this gift. Let's read Matthew chapter 1 together. If you've got your Bibles, turn to it for me. Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 23. This is the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive 
and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Now let's just think about this for a mini moment, okay? Because the Jews at this time, although they were expecting a Messiah, and the Messiah had been prophesied in, in the book of Isaiah, so they had that expectation, they were not expecting a Messiah in this literal way, in the way that God would come down to earth in the form of a human being. They would be expecting, yes, a great leader, a great leader that would demonstrate the, the works of God and a leader that would present God to the people and show who God was. But God for the Jewish people was a personal God, but God was an infinite being. God was transcendent. God was the ground of all being. And the idea of God coming down to earth to become human was crazy. Okay, it kicked against everything that they would think about. That wouldn't have been in their minds that God himself would take the form of a, of a human. But here in Matthew, we're told that the gift given was to be called Emmanuel, God with us. This is amazing. This would have blown their minds. This prophecy is far more superior to anything that they could have thought about. Anything that they ever imagined. God was actually going to come down to us. To be amongst us. God, this transcendent, infinite, amazing being, was going to come and dwell with us and be with us. And I think, you know, if Jesus hasn't come into our lives and completely changed us and turned our world upside down, then it may be because we haven't fully grasped Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. That's amazing. And um, you know probably by now that I love the theologian Timothy Keller. And I've been reading his book, Hidden Christmas. And uh, his thoughts have been influencing me this season. And he said this, The incarnation is the universe sundering, history-altering, life-transforming, paradigm-shattering event of history. The incarnation. God coming down in human form. God in flesh. The idea that God is with us. It gives us hope. It gives us assurance that God is with us now in the present, but he's with us in the future as well. And it shows us that God is not just a God of complete holiness, that he's really, really holy, and that's all, but it also doesn't just show us that God is a God who's all accepting. It shows us that God is both those things. Because if God was just pure holiness, perfection, and righteousness, and he wasn't all accepting, then he wouldn't have come to earth. He would have just said to us, well, you've got to do it on your own. You've got to try. You've got to make it happen. You've got to be righteous in your own strength. You've got to make it. You've got to fulfill the law. You've got to be perfect. And he would demand us to be holy in that way. But God isn't just all accepting either, because he wouldn't have bothered coming to earth if he just said, okay, well, you know what? I can turn my back on your sin. It doesn't matter. It, you know, I'll embrace you. It's okay. But God is both. God is holy and perfect and righteous. And God is all accepting and all embracing and all loving. And that's amazing. Different people have different views and they can hold either view of God. But God is both. And the biblical God we see is both. Because God is so utterly holy, he can't just let sin go. He can't just let what we do 
that is wrong, go. Something has to be done with it. Something has, it has to be dealt with. There has to be a punishment for it. But because God is all-accepting, all-embracing and all-loving, he did that for us. And he came down in flesh so that he would take the punishment for us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that just, you know, slap you in the face and, I don't know, (laughs) brilliant? It is, isn't it? That we've got this God that is absolutely holy and and nothing we can do, even all our good deeds are like filthy rags to him because he's so pure and holy. And yet he comes down to us in our mess and everything that we do wrong and all our failings and says, you know what, it has to be dealt with, all of that stuff. But what I'll do is I'll take it for you and I'll go to the cross and I'll take the punishment that you deserve and I'll take the shame that you deserve. That's brilliant, isn't it? God knew that we would never be able to reach him and get to him. So he comes down to us. Doesn't come down and says, this is what you need to do to be saved. No, he comes down to actually save us, to actually get us, to actually pick us up and be with us. This gives us hope. Malcolm Duncan, another theologian, said hope is embodied in a person. It's not an idea, it's not a philosophy, it's not a concept, but hope has a name, and that name is Jesus, the resurrected, faithful one. God came down as a baby in human form to live his life on earth, to, yes, be an example to show us how to love and to show us how to live, but most of all, to show his love towards us, to say, I'm with you, I'm with you. With whatever's going on, I'm with you. It's amazing. And if you're not amazed, then let's can continue, because this will amaze you. Think back to the Old Testament. Okay, if we think back to the Old Testament, and you think about all the times that people met with God, it was a terrifying experience. It was an awful experience. Not awful as in, I mean, awful as an awe. Awful, that's the word. Okay, because if you think about Abraham, when he met God, it was a smoking furnace. Israel met God in the pillar of fire. Job in the hurricane. When Moses asks to see God's face, God says, no, because, you know, it's going to kill you. So you can go on the outskirts here and I'll just go by and you can see my back. Moses comes down from the mountain from the Ten Commandments and his face is so full of light. No one can even look at him. And that was what it was to meet God. Okay. Can you imagine if we had Abraham here and we had Moses and we had Job? Well, that would be great, wouldn't it? But, I mean, you imagine them being here, all right? And we say to them, look, you know, God is with us. God came down to earth with us to actually dwell amongst us, to show himself to us, to reveal himself to us. That would blow their minds because when they wanted to meet God, it was so, such amazing, awful, terrifying experience. And yet, God came down as a baby. In John 1, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. So throughout the Old Testament, all these great people that we look to, they were denied being able to see God in this way. And yet, through Jesus, through this amazing gift, we get to see God through this amazing gift we get to be in a relationship 
with God the Father. God comes as a baby, not to judge, but to pay the price for our sin. The incarnation is about God wanting to come to earth to be with you, to be with me. Do we fully know this? Do we fully know Jesus, the Emmanuel, God with us? He's a true gift this Christmas. Christmas can get, you know, we can get caught up in all sorts of things at Christmas time. And I love it, if you hadn't guessed already. I love Christmas. The festivities and the food and the parties and we love the food and all the presents. We love it all. But at the heart of Christmas is the gift. It's Emmanuel. And whatever we do this season, let's not forget that God is with us. Whoever we are, whatever we've done, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, God is there for us. And all the setup 2,000 years ago, all the circumstance, all that went on was just perfect for God to come down as human, in human form as Jesus. It was just planned, just how he wanted it to be. And yet we look at the scenario, we might look at the scenario of the nativity, like we were looking at last week with Mary, and think to ourselves, well, I'm not sure I would have planned it like that for, for God to come to earth in those sort of setting, that sort of setting, and those sort of surrounding, and that sort of circumstance. But that's what he did. And the scenario that Jesus enters was an unexpected scenario. And you might listen to me today and and hear God with me and think, well, I don't really feel that God's with me at the moment. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not even sure if God's around. And that can be for all sorts of different reasons. And I want to encourage us this Christmas that God is with us. Let's have a little look at Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 2. This again talks about the birth of Jesus Christ. But in verses 1 to 7, let's have a little look at this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. The setting wasn't particularly perfect, was it, for Mary and Joseph? As they travelled all this distance to go to Bethlehem. But in verse 6 it says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. It was imperfect. The setting was imperfect. But it's in that imperfection that Jesus was born. It's in that imperfection that God broke through. I'm sure Mary and Joseph were feeling pretty insignificant. They were being pushed around, having to go to Bethlehem, no consideration for their well-being. And Caesar, who looked like the significant one, he was doing all the making commandments and, you know, all that. But actually that was part of God's plan. And Mary and Joseph might have felt a little bit insignificant. But in that insignificant, Jesus was born. 
Into that insignificance, the gift was given. They might have felt a little bit frustrated. I'm sure they would have done. Mary and Joseph travel all this way. They need a place to stay. They can't find a place to stay. Um, and they have to end up in, in this other place with a manger. I bet Mary was feeling a little bit weak. Travelling all that distance, over all that time. Probably not feeling ready for the birth at all. But in this situation... But it was in this situation that she learned that God was everything, the ever-present help in time of trouble. And we might in our situation feel a little bit like Mary and Joseph, a little bit insignificant, a little bit frustrated perhaps with things, maybe weak, maybe not that strong. And we might not feel that God is with us because of those things, but it was in this time and in this scenario and in this setting that Jesus was born and the gift was given. And whether we're feeling insignificant or whether we're feeling frustrated with our situation or whether we're feeling a little bit weak or broken, whatever it is, God is with us. Emmanuel. God come down to earth to be with us. The situation wasn't perfect. The surroundings weren't perfect. In verse 7 it says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them. They weren't at home. They weren't in their normal surroundings. They didn't have all their comforts around them. They had to use a manger as a feeding trough. And we might feel like we're sometimes in a situation a little bit like that. Unfamiliar surroundings. A situation we wouldn't want to be in. But Jesus was placed in a manger. And Jesus is ready to be placed into our imperfect situations even though we might not have it all sorted, our imperfect surroundings. We might feel ashamed. We might feel broken. We might feel worthless at times. We might have all sorts, a catalogue of different things we might be feeling. But it doesn't matter if all we've got is a manger. We don't need the cradle because Jesus was born and placed in a manger. And God with us will come into whatever situation, whatever weakness, whatever brokenness, whatever we're carrying around. Emmanuel. God with us. 2,000 years ago, God broke through. God came down to earth in the form of a baby to show us that he's with us. It's the beautiful gift of Christmas. God is near and God loves you and he's for you and you are able to enter into a relationship with him because of what he did for us. Not just coming down to earth, but going to the cross. We need to know Emmanuel. We need to know God with us. This amazing gift that I think actually is more than just a gift. John Lewis would say that it sold gifts that were more than just a gift. But I actually think we've got the gift that is far more than just a gift. This gift transforms and changes our life. This gift is the most amazing thing ever. This gift gives us access to God the Father. It makes us his children. It forgives us and ushers us in. That's an amazing gift, isn't it? And we have it this Christmas time. I'm going to invite the worship group to um, come back. And we're going to sing a final song. And while we sing this final song, we're going to take up the offering our tithes and offering, but I want us to hold on to 
this thought today. That this Christmas, whatever's going on for us, and it will be busy, it will be full of great things, we're going to have lunch together soon and it's going to be chaotic. (laughs) But in all the festivities and all the fun and all the parties and everything, let us not forget the gift that is more than just the gift. It's Emmanuel. It's God with us. It's the fullness of Jesus Christ and all that he is and he desires you he loves you and he wants to be with you and it doesn't matter how we feel it doesn't matter what our circumstances it doesn't matter what our situation however distant we might feel God is and sometimes we do and sometimes we think God where are you he is there he is for us he is the light in the darkness the hope of the world shall we stand together and uh, sing this final song And as I said, we'll take our tithes and offerings as an act of worship to God. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you gave us. That you came down to earth, incarnate, in flesh, so that we might know you and we might see you. Lord, would you birth again within us a fresh and new revelation of what Emmanuel means. Lord, it means that we have fullness of joy in you. It means that we can know you personally, that we can be ushered into your presence. It means we can have a personal relationship with you. It means that we can be forgiven. And we don't have to wait for someone else to go into your presence to atone for us like they did in the Old Testament. We don't need that. Lord, you came down and you showed us that you were with us. And you gave us a great example of what what to do and how to live. Lord, this Christmas time, we want to we take that gift and remember it and put it at the very centre of our lives to understand Jesus and all that he is and all that he did for us. But there's no greater gift than someone who would lay down their life for us. And you did that. You laid down your life for us. So that everything that we do, all the wrong, all the mess ups, all the mistakes we make, all our failings, Lord, they're forgiven in you because of the cross. And we thank you that Christmas is a time when we can remember that because you gave us your gift. And Lord, we love you. And we offer our lives again. And we sing to you. And we give to you because we want to worship you and give you your rightful place in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Let's Redownload from Let's Redownload Church.